When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. And alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's a CHGO White Sox community leader. We will be joined a little later in the show by CHGO White Sox beat writer Vinny Duber from Guaranteed Right Field with reaction from the locker room from players and coaches alike. We were there earlier. We were there earlier. Uh, we're joining you live from those CHGO studios in Studio B after a loss. Mm-hmm. The White Sox lose 10-7 to in 11 innings, and if you told me in hell the sixth inning that this game would finish 10 to 7, I would laugh in your stupid face. <laughs> Herb, how are you feeling? I'm feeling actually relieved. It feels good. A little weight's off my shoulder. I don't have to stress the rest of these games. The last 14 games are going to be kind of relaxing and uh, enjoyable for me. I get to see the White Sox lose this season. 2022 season is effectively over today because the Cleveland Guardians treated them as such. They were the superior team all year long. Now, with this win today, the Cleveland Guardians have won the season series. So, effectively, even though the Cleveland Guardians are only five games up in the standings, they're actually six because of the tiebreaker that they now have. The Sox needed to win this series. They needed to hopefully sweep this series. They still have two more left to hopefully win the series. Their season isn't over yet. I'll tell you, it is over. There's 14 games left. If Cleveland versus the Texas Rangers, the two get the remaining versus the White Sox, the three remaining versus the, uh, the Rays, and the six remaining versus the Royals, go 7-7 seven and seven in that whole stretch. The White Sox will have to go 13-1 and one in their 14 games, which will include the Guardians, which include the, te- uh, the Tigers, which, you know, they could beat all three of those. Then that includes the Minnesota Twins for six and the San Diego Padres for three. Well, her- Do you think they're going 13-1? And you think the Guardians are going 7-1? If that happens, the White Sox season's not over. I don't see that happening. Well, they have two different ways they can make the playoffs. It could be uh, against uh, you know the, the Guardians and in the AL Central. Uh, it, all, it could also be through the back door of the AL wild card. Nope. Um, they would need the Rays to go 5-10 and 10 of their last 15. Exactly. They lost tonight. The Sox would need to go 11-4, and four, so now 11-3 and three to make it to the wild card. But when, when have the Sox gone 11-3? and three? And honestly, can the White Sox win the first game of a series? I mean, we are here sitting at the guaranteed Ray Field. Um, thank you to Game Time for helping us get... Cheap-ass tickets, yep. by the way. And I, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to get game time, but I just mean, like, truly, I'm so happy they're a sponsor just because they are so easy to talk about. Hey, you could go to a White Sox game 
for like six bucks a person and sit in the hundred level. Maybe that speaks on the team, but also I think you give a, I gotta give a shout out to Game Time because there's a lot of different ticketing uh, you know sites out there that aren't that cheap. Show like me you, uh, having fun for six dollars. I know you gotta right. pay for parking, whatever. You could take the red line if you're in the city. If you can enjoy something for six dollars in the city more than a White Sox game, even though they lost every single time. Every single time I've gone to guarantee rate, I've had a great time. It's so a, six dollars, yeah. Mark me in. And we paid it's a great thirty-six dollars for three of us to go to the game and our seats were in the uh, club level. We didn't sit a second in the club level because we had a great time in the one oh eight. Right. You can you can either be in the club level or you can go down to the one hundred level. Uh so there you go. Uh Ken Hines saying socks are getting swept. I don't even want to talk about that right now. Um I don't really Please. I can't even focus on the next two games. I, I have to talk about this game. The season isn't over, and Juan's saying, Sean, it's over. Just shut up and proclaim it. Relax, Juan. We have, like, you know, 53 minutes left of this podcast. Sean, it's, oh, like sorry. I said, the math says that the season isn't over. They could technically even get in to the wild card. The math also says the percent's probably at, like, 1.7% chance that the White Sox make it to the playoffs. Okay. Tonight was so disappointing, so disappointing, that in the 10th inning— after the Guardians scored and went up two runs, yep. we left. We said, this this team's done. You know, may, maybe they'll have a, a, a little bit of something, but, you know, it's 5-3. Let's just make sure we're in the studio as soon as this ends because either with a White Sox win or a Guardians win, people are going to be pissed off and in the comments. And speaking of the comments, baseball chat, uh, baseball toss saying, uh, dropping a super chat saying, uh, call up Colas. Why not? Season is over. Uh, why not? Uh, just give them the last couple games in AAA. Relax. Who cares? I mean, we, let's be pissed off about 2022 before we worry about 2023 and who's on that 2023 team. The White Sox come back in the 10th inning. The White Sox get the tying hit from Jose Abreu. They need power, right? Uh, a walk-off home run would have been great. But Jose Abreu comes up. He's leading the American League in hits. This might be his final se- you know, uh, season in a White Sox uniform. You need to go out there and win it for the captain. You have a guy on second base in Elvis Andrews who just stole to get to second. He had a phenomenal game. This entire, uh, this entire game it was phenomenal for Elvis Andrews. The White Sox tie the game up with their captain. They need this huge bolt of energy. Mm-hmm. And then in the 11th inning... They get the wettest fart from Jake Deacon. <laughs> I mean, this is brutal. He, Sebi Zavala is calling for low fastballs, and he's throwing it over his head. I, I don't understand this. I, I'm baffled by the White Sox spending of money, and you look at the Guardians, who spent $35 million heading into the season on their roster. The White Sox, it, you could stop adding after I think it's Ronaldo Lopez. So you don't even have to add in the full bullpen. You don't have to add in Jimmy Lambert's salary. No. I think the White Sox... Just if you go Joe Kelly, Aaron Bummer, Reynaldo Lopez, Liam Hendricks, Kendall Graveman. Over. Um, way, way over. I think Reynaldo Lopez, I, I, if I didn't mention him or not, or Aaron Bummer, yeah. one of those. Yeah. If you include those, $36 million. So you could just look at the bullpen and basically say, the White Sox bullpen costs as much as the Cleveland Guardians team. The fact that the White Sox are chasing the Guardians are five games back of the Guardians after they are the defending AL Central champions should get Every single person in that stadium fired, whether they're in the front office, whether they're in the dugout, whether they just serve me the uh, Polish with extra onions, whether they're doing the ticketing, every the, the parking sucked today. Everyone needs to be fired. I love you workers at Guaranteed Rate Field, but my God, 
clean the stadium out, clean the organization out. There's a lot of lovely workers in Chicago. We could fill that stadium up. I mean, just burn it. Burn it to the ground. The fact that you couldn't seal the deal, you talked all this shit, said you're going to stomp on throats, said you're the best team in the American League. You can't win a playoff series. You can't win your own division. You're, getting, you're outspending them by $120 million. Are you serious? Are you serious? This is the game. This is the game you needed to get up for. You're playing guardian ball against the Guardians. I said this shit back in July. That you can't do it. You can't play the way the Guardians do against the Guardians because they're just going to kick your ass in it. The one way to beat the Guardians is by hitting home runs. You're going up against Aaron Savali. You're going up against Brian Shaw. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, you you even get two runs off the guy that you shouldn't hit. Class A. You shouldn't hit Class A. We left because we thought you couldn't hit Class A. And then you hit Class A. Are you fucking kidding me? We had so much hope going into the t- today. Yeah. And then after the sixth inning, they give you hope. They give you that hope going up 3-1. And that fucking bullpen blew it. Which is weird because it was Jimmy Lambert. And the situation coming into that seventh inning where you just got the lead 3-1. to one, The White Sox are looking good. Jimmy Lambert on the bump, baby. One of our most effective relievers this year. And he's going to get 7-8-9. It is... What is it? Miles Straw? Well, Miles Straw's the ninth no, hitter. Maley. Uh, at the was time, it Maley or is it the... the uh, at the time, it was Austin Hedges. And then the uh, ISU's uh, finest, Owen Miller. Owen Miller. The so, first 10 pitches he threw, threw three rumor strikes. Yeah. And so, like, you're going against the weak part of the lineup. The lineup, the part of the lineup where I said you don't have to worry about. Owen Miller can't hit. Neither can Austin Hedges. Neither can Benson, who eventually came in for the for him, and neither can Luke Maley. And guess who else can't hit? Miles Straw. These some bitches are just kept on hitting or just walking the people. And you got a short outing from Jim Lambert because he was walking the yard. It was very terrible from him. And then they gave up the lead. I was telling Josh Nelson in front of us, I think it was three to one, and it was like runners of first and third. I was like, we we all know how this is gonna end. This is going to be a tie game before this inning ends, at the very least. And, of course, tie game at the very least in the seventh inning, and the White Sox could not scratch across any more runs in the regular nine. So, yeah, it was very disappointing today to see exactly what went down before that. As you said, Aaron Savali's trash, absolute trash. And the White Sox are like, oh, this is the best shit ever. It's Aaron Savali out here. He is killing us. The only person to get hit in the first two times around was A.J. Goddamn Pollock, who himself gave up uh, pretty much a triple. Like, it was going to be a single guaranteed, maybe a double, because you have a fast runner going down the line in uh, Stephen Kwan. And then he trips over, I don't know, the foul line, the, the, the cut of the grass, something. It's a microcosm of the season and somebody put that on one of my twitter people i follow put that in their uh in their uh, bio and said uh 22 22 white Sox, perfect explanation it's just him falling over flat on his face and that's what happened the white Sox. this is a epic failure i don't have the memory to think of a team that has failed bigger this was a team literally Vinny Duber was having him in their world, his in the World Series. So many other people, Jeff, Jeff Passan, 
National writer, White Sox, the World Series champion. People on MLB Network thought the White Sox were going to be World Series contenders. Everybody who was anybody in baseball said, yes, this team's not complete, but they're going to hit well, they're going to pitch well, and everything goes right. The White Sox should be in the playoffs. No one thought they were going to miss the playoffs. Very few people. They thought this AL Central shit was going to be a breeze. They didn't show up. Remember the, the whole NBC Sports Chicago thing was like well, oh, White Sox wait, waiting for other teams in AL Central to show up. They showed the fuck up. <laughs> I hope NBC Sports Chicago feels embarrassed about that. And, and they ban oh. you for that. They banned you because you said that, hey, other teams have showed up. And then like, oh, I feel bad because I wrote a dumbass meme. Yeah, let me whiteboard this. So NBC Sports Chicago before the season said waiting for the division to show up like Will Smith in uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when the house is cleaned out. Yeah. He's looking around and no one's there. And then, like, in June, they had a pitching mount, uh, a pitching meeting, and NBC Sports Chicago tweeted, or the White Sox account, the White Sox talk account, tweeted, what are they talking about during this, this uh, mound meeting? And I tweeted, when is the division going to show up in the Will Smith gif? And then I got blocked from them. That's not nice. I'm, I it's should tweet something out skin. to them. Come like, on, what's wrong with you? Yeah, waiting for the White Sox to show up, like... Yeah. We should tweet that from the at chgo White Sox one, but we're you know we're gonna we're we're, we're causing too much of a stir. We got a, a a super chat from Jaxo. I don't even know if I can read it. I love you, Jaxo. I love that you're always in here. I love that you're always supporting us. Now that we have to win the next two games, then hope oh, Cleveland chokes against KC. That's not gonna happen. You're absolutely right. You need the you need Cleveland to choke. And Jaxo, I love. I, I mean, I love you. Love your comments. Love that you're always in here. Cleveland's not choking. Cleveland's showing you that they are ready for every single game. When they get swept, they'll sweep the next team. Cleveland is ready. They are ready to play Cleveland baseball at every single turn, and the White Sox are not ready for it. And and, and the White Sox have, has seen, have seen this team, what, now for the 17th time this year? And the White Sox just still have no idea what to do with them. No idea what to do with Aaron Savali, Savali, as I, I liked how you, how you said. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have no idea that you know Stephen Kwan is going to take the largest leadoff in MLB history. Oh, God. Um, like I, I, they know how to play baseball, you don't. And I want to hate Cleveland. I want to. I am trying to hate them, but I love how they play. There is very few things that I see in their game like that game that doesn't work for me. They hit the ball like. Who is a bigger pest than that Stephen Kwan? Who is a bigger pest than that some bitch? And he's a rookie. He comes out and just like, okay, I'm going to spoil off a bunch of pitches. Then I'm going to get a hit. Then as uh, Sean says, he's a smart player. We're looking at him. Jose Abreu is way off the base. Stephen Kwan is off as far as Jose's off. I was like, first, man, that is how you play baseball. Because Stephen Kwan knows at the end of the day, there's no way Jose Abreu is going to beat him back to the bag if they throw over to first base, so like a, a snap throw after the pitch is thrown and the catcher throws the first base. Steve Kwan knows that he's pretty much close enough to second anyways. Like, throw to first. Go ahead. I'm going to go to second when you do that shit because I got a great big-ass lead. Smart everywhere you go. And then you got a power hitter slash smart hitter and Jose Ramirez, just awesome. And then when you walk Jose Ramirez to set up the the play you should set up, the first and third with one out to get the double play from Josh Naylor, Josh Naylor murdered that pitch from Aaron Bummer. 
like he should. And he celebrated as he should have. Hey, you going to walk in front of me? You going to act like I didn't just get eight RBIs versus you bitches in fucking May? <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't know who the fuck I am? I'm Josh Naylor from Canada. And that's what you do, man. These guys just do. And then their six hitter might be my favorite player of theirs, Andres Jimenez. Yeah. Just a great, great short uh, second baseman, steals bases, hits for a little power, does everything right. First time All-Star. They have it all. The manager, Tito Francona, used to drive me crazy with all his pitching changes. I'm glad they went to a three-batter minimum so he can't do the shit he used to do. But they have all the things yet you need except for spending big money on free agents. Like he said, $35 million on the full team salary. That's the only thing I hate about Cleveland. Otherwise, their team is just, hmm. I, I want my team to be like the Cleveland Guardians. And if you think the White Sox are the prohibitive favorite next year, you got something coming to you because that Cleveland team is still going to be good. Goddamn Tigers are going to be better than they were this year. We got beat by the Royals this year, and we still got to play six versus those shitty-ass, weird-ass Minnesota Twins who are going to still be there. So White Sox might be in fourth place next year. Well, real quick, David said Sox don't hustle. I just got to say, Elvis Andres hustles. I yes. love that man. That man's fantastic. A two-war player. We need more since of them. over. We need more Elvis Andres. I mean, that guy's insane. We you, know why, you know why Elvis Andres and Johnny Cueto are different and they're difference makers? Because they're not of the White Sox. They come from other places where they do different things and they produce different ways. And that's where they look different. Oh, man. Elvis Andres taking that extra base. He's stealing at 36 years old. He's gloving everything. Same thing with Josh Harrison with that fantastic catch. Oh, my God. Man, the best catch I've seen this year by Josh Harrison. People who are not from this organization have done differently and made this team look different and made this team have a little bit more energy than the regular players have had this year. Yeah, uh, real quick, I want to before we get to Vinny, I want to go to Shy Town fanboy who said over 214 people in here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to all of you Sox fans. I know this is a very very difficult loss, 76 to 72. Uh, Guardians now 81 and 67. Sox falling to five games back. Um, but if you guys want to hit the le- the like button, we'd appreciate the support. We appreciate you guys are in here and commenting right now. We also have some super chats that we do appreciate. So let's get to those. Um, I think Schwo had the first one. If you're angled, you let that foul ball drop uh, that led to the tag up and brought the runner to third. We were still in the ballpark at that point, and I don't think any of us had that thought. Um, we thought, take the out. Um, what about you, Herb? Take the out. When they're giving you an out, take the out. There's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No. Well, and you said, I mean, that's that, that's just like a sacrifice bunt in, in that scenario. I yeah. mean, it's, it's basically the same thing. I mean, you just got to take the out. Yeah, and you don't, was that uh, Jimenez? Rosario. Rosario hitting? No, you don't want him to hit again and make that a single instead and put you real in trouble right there. You just take whatever happens right there. I thought he was going to lead off the inning with a bunt and have the runner go over there, but effectively enough, he got the job done to get the runner over to third. Right, and then Ramirez intentionally walked, and then you're hoping that Naylor just hits one on the ground, and the White Sox were playing you know, very heavily to the uh, right side uh, towards first base, and uh, he was able to sneak a, a, a single through uh, to score Quan. Uh, we also have one for Fernando said, uh, Jim once said, playoffs – Playoffs, uh, got to win games before you talk playoffs. And Coach Green said they are who they thought we are. Just saying, uh, yeah, the White Sox kind of proving and the Guardians proving, uh, you know, who they were all season uh, with tonight's win. The Guardians just never really quit, and you could see that even in their Twins game. They won seven tw- uh, of their games against the Twins by one run. Uh, and then Jack Kukowski coming in and saying, I have to cry myself to sleep after this uh, whenever is uh, – Wherever Vinny is, uh, let him know I'm defeated. Um, so, hey, Vinny, 
Uh, Jack Quickowski uh, wants to let you know that he's defeated. Uh, real quick, we got to let. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, then uh, final thing. Uh, let's pay our bills. Points bet. Uh, this football season, points bet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same game parlay bet. You can bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and you can cash out your live second half over bet with points bet. You have access to more live football markets than ever before. You can build the perfect live. Same game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. And you can choose the outcome to your ne- of the next drive and next points with PointsBets Lightning Bets. So whether you're on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBets. New users, if you deposit $50 or more uh, when you sign up using the code CHGO, you can get a free yearly subscription to CHGO and you get a free shirt as well. And we have a lot of brand new additions to the CHGO locker. Uh, so it's a fantastic, fantastic deal for new users to points bets. Download the points bet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get your first two risk-free bets or your first two bets risk-free up to $2,000. If you or somebody know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And Herb and I already talked about it a little bit too much uh, or a little bit, uh, um, uh, a little bit earlier, but game time want to go to the, the link in the description if you're going to any White Sox games, we're going to be going tomorrow. If you want to come hang out with us, we're going to be sitting in section 113. Um, buy your tickets through the game time link in the description. Download the app over 15 million users have. Uh, they've downloaded the game time app and they scored some of the best seats to all of our favorite events. We, again, got tickets tonight. Three people. Uh, what was it? $39? $39 in the club level. Insane. So you get access to 300 level and the 100 level. Uh, so click the link in the description to buy your next White Sox tickets, your next Bears tickets. Uh, if you want to go see Pavement, because uh, the White Sox season is over, uh, <laughs> go do that on the 22nd uh, and use the Game Time app because they have fantastic deals there. If you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. And the best way to support us is by clicking that link in the description. Let's head out to Vinny Duber at Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Well, it's the shirt today. Johnny Cash. Oh, very nice. Uh, how was the quiet locker room today? Anything stick out uh, after tonight's uh, very, very long game? Well, uh, you know, we heard from Miguel Cairo post game, and, and he was um, very quick to heap all the blame on himself for uh, them losing this game. He he said repeatedly, you know, the it is his fault that he didn't do his job, that there were moves he shouldn't have made, that he didn't get the team ready to play, that, uh, you know, and, and we kept asking him, is there, are you referring to anything specific, a, a pitching change gone awry or, uh, you know, some other sort of situation? And he just said, we lost, so it's on me. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure that um, – those quotes are going to fly around Twitter the way they were meant to be uh, seen. It, I, at first, I thought he was maybe talking about something specific, and he was going to enlighten us. And then it seemed kind of to be, um, you know, uh, some very general buck stops here kind of stuff, which again is fine, and that's what you know. That's he's right. That's what uh, you know. At the end of the day, the manager is the is the guy who uh, who who gets the blame there. But. Um, yeah, so that that stuck out. That stuck out to me. But you know, when we presented that to AJ Pollock and Dylan Cease after the game, they were like, "Nah, you know, it's not his fault. We're the we're the players. We're the ones that didn't get it done." Uh, you know, the he they were they were fine with the effort. They were fine with the way they fought. And in the end, uh, you know, they uh, they didn't get the job done. I, I think we had a chat comment there that you put up while I was waiting to join you guys. That that kind of. kind of made sense to me as, as kind of the summary for today, which was, you know, I thought the White Sox played like a team whose season was on the line, 
at a lot of times in this game. I thought they they came to play. They showed that their back was against the wall, and they did things that we wouldn't have expected them to do in coming back and and, and making some plays that maybe we didn't think they would. Um, and at the end of the day, they also played like the 2022 White Sox. And, and I, I don't necessarily mean that last inning where everything went crazy because, you know, that any team right. can have an inning like that. But there were times throughout this game where they didn't hit against the pitcher they should have hit. There, there were plenty of times in this game where um, they did not stop the bleeding, uh, you know, the, 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 the way that, they've, that they uh, have done throughout the season. Liam Hendricks talked today before the game and said, you know, talking about the last few weeks uh, that they've been playing better that since Miguel Cairo took over, saying, you know, there have been times when we've gotten guys on base all year and earlier in the season we wouldn't bring them home, but lately we've been bringing them home. And there were times, you know, where we'd get two outs as a pitching staff and and we and early in the year we we wouldn't be able to finish off the inning, and lately we have been. Today I saw a little bit of both. I saw a mix of the White Sox that uh, were disappointing for five months and the White Sox who have been uh, much more like the team that was expected for the last three weeks. Um, and in the end, what happened, the exact same thing that's happening here at the, at the end of the season that tells the story of the entire season, they didn't do enough of the good stuff to balance out the bad stuff. And you could call that the entire, you know, story of 2022 for them. And you can call it the story of today because the lights kind of went out on their playoff hopes today. To be fair, as we talked about a few days ago, you know, when that series in Detroit ended, you know, was there much was there much playoff chance to begin with who knows coming into this season you know they were still going to have to be pretty damn perfect the rest of the way in order to get there but now not being able to have that tiebreaker against the the guardians not being able to take a chunk out of this lead that the guardians have in the al central uh it looks rather impossible for the white Sox to go the rest of the season and only lose one time yeah right and i want to um ask just quickly like what did you feel after or in that six because especially when you bring up Liam's comments about the bases loaded we see the Sox get the bases loaded and then we see them driving runs and they, they, they take that 3-1 lead and like you said the bullpen wasn't able to close it down um I'm not sure if that's what Miguel Cairo was thinking because I mean there was instances we were kind of talking like we thought it was weird that Liam didn't or Liam came out in the ninth. I thought the way that Miguel was managing it maybe he would have saved him for the tenth, but I don't think there was anything that you know like you guys were trying to pull out of him uh, during that post game session. Like I don't think there was anything that really stuck out. It was just you know the Sox just didn't have enough tonight, and that that's just frustrating with with the math that is in front of them. But um, in the sixth, did they mention anything or, or about how the clubhouse felt or the dugout felt? Um, because the the stadium was electric after that Aloy hit. Yeah, I mean, they kept talking about the the fight that they had, and I think that that was true. I mean, how many times this year did we see this team when they're having a bad night offensively? You know, they get down by even just a small margin and, and they really kind of, you know, whether they were whether it was a, a result of the effort or the energy or just the fact that they couldn't hit the ball, they kind of shut down. The lineup would be shut down and they, they weren't coming back. There was no coming back for this team at many points throughout this season. And today they did. A couple of times, actually, you know, you got to point to Jose Abreu's work there in the 10th inning as well. But um, at the end of the day, they, they didn't do it. I mean, the bullpen, the bullpen screwed it up. Yeah, but this offense should have more than three runs. Also, I, I, I think that if you want to look at this as a playoff type game, OK, you know what I mean? The Guardians are a good team, certainly. Um, but 
you gotta you gotta you gotta get it from everybody. You gotta get it from everybody. And and what did Dylan Cease say? Dylan Cease put it on himself. He says I wasn't efficient. He <laughs> threw fifty. He threw fi- no. What he said right. was I threw fifty pitches in the first two innings. If I could have gone eight innings, maybe the bullpen has a better shot to close it out. Obviously, you know he had a very good game, or you know to be able to hold them to just one run with the amount of pitches that he did have early. To be able to last six innings with the amount of pitches that he did have early, he did his job. And to tell you the truth, I thought the offense did their job too. When you know you're talking about coming scoring those three runs in the sixth inning, but you got to hold them. And and I, I think a lot of people on Twitter are, are looking at Miguel's comments and thinking he's referring to putting Jimmy Lambert in uh, there in this in this in the seventh. Guys, Jimmy Lambert's been pretty damn good this year, yep. and I don't think I don't think you can just say, "Oh, well, he's a, a rookie. Why would you put him in there?" Well, he's because he's been one of your best relief pitchers. That's probably exactly. why. Um, I mean, and just real quick, I, I did see someone up. say mention like, "Why not Ronaldo in the seventh? But Jimmy Lambert has a lower ERA. Like Jimmy Lambert's <laughs> been fantastic since he's came up in May. Yeah, yeah. Complaint about and him it, is weird. It's it's very it's very it's very hindsight. Uh, I think those complaints are very hindsight, and not only that, you know, it's. The other guys got to get their get the job done too. I mean, Kendall Graveman gave up runs in the tenth. You know, I mean, Jake Diekman got absolutely lit up in the in the eleventh. He was awful. Uh, you know, I mean, they've they've got to figure out a way to. You've got to be perfect. When when the math says you that you got to be perfect. If you're going to start the day saying that, you know, well, well, we're the team that's chasing the Guardians and we've got an advantage there and we're going to go out and show them what we can do. People don't think we can make it. We got to go out and show them what we can do. Well, if you have that attitude, you got to. Be, you've got to have that attitude in reality. And it, it's not that the White Sox couldn't have made the playoffs if they came out and swept the Guardians, but they basically put themselves in a position where they needed to be perfect the last two-plus weeks of the regular season. And that ridiculously small margin of error meant that a night like this was going to happen. And it, it came in a, in a game that was you know, pretty, pretty entertaining from a, from a neutral observer's standpoint. Um, but you know, the, the chances were there. Uh, they had this opportunity. The key word is had. And, you know, because I, I think that you just got to look at what the situation is. That Guardians team is not going 500 the rest of the way, playing six games against the Royals to close out the season. Uh, that Guardians team is is good. That Guardians team is playing like a team that is uh, looking to get to the playoffs, that, that's fighting for a playoff spot. And I thought we saw some of that from the White Sox tonight, but I didn't. But obviously we didn't see enough. I think the first inning was kind of the tail of the tape. You get the, uh, I think, the Stephen Kwan hit where you have A.J. Pollock either trip or fall on his face and turns that into a triple. I thought it should have been a double in air, but whatever. And then Dylan Cease going long in that inning, going long in the next inning, I don't know, is he just running into some uh, tired, fatigued arm period because the last start versus the Rockies was kind of the same thing. But as you said, I think not having, like he had like C stuff today, like C minus stuff, and he got through that game with one run and through six innings, which is a testament to him and how good of a pitcher he's become. But also, he's not getting the strikeout as much this is a team that's hard to strike out in the Cleveland Guardians, but it didn't seem like his slider was as premium as it usually is in the 98-mile-per-hour fastball wasn't there as much. Did he talk about any fatigue at the end of the game? 
Not really. I think he was, it's more so probably just he was searching for something, you know, there early. He didn't have it. Um, you're absolutely right. I think that you got to give him a ton of credit for what he was able to do. And, you know, when you just, if you're, if you're a Cy Young voter that didn't watch this game and you're just looking at the box score, you said, oh boy, Dylan Cease did a, did a job tonight. Did it, did something to keep himself in that Cy Young conversation tonight. Um, and really at the end of the day, I, I think people could go back and look at it that way, but you know, the, the, he he's not going to be perfect every time out. And uh, like I just said, he needed to be tonight in order for them to, to, to win this game and keep their season going here. Um, he did his job, certainly. And I think that that's something that you've got to point to as a huge positive from tonight was what he was able to do. The offense scored seven runs. Um, which is something that uh, folks have been begging this offense to do for the entire season. Um, but it was weird, right? I mean, it didn't, it didn't feel like they scored seven runs uh, because they were getting completely shut down by a pitcher that they should have hit for the first five innings of this game, and, and it didn't happen. And, and you know what? That's the thing that everybody, that everybody I think, knows. But obviously, in the moments, they can, they can point to one thing and go, oh, God, that's it. That's where the game turned. That's it. That's it. The, a baseball game is is everything. It's the sum of its parts, and um, the White Sox had a lot of things that they could have done differently today to change this outcome. They didn't do it. And also, please credit the Guardians because the Cleveland Guardians played a game. Man, they played they played a game like a team that's trying to make sure that they're going to win this division and they're going to win it now because of the way they played tonight and the way they play every night. Uh, it's, 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 it's commendable. It's something that White Sox fans are not going to do. Um, I'm sure. Uh, but, but they are a team that won tonight. The White Sox didn't just lose the guardians definitely won tonight's game. And I said it earlier, like that should be a team that all White Sox fans or baseball fans should be want their team to be like, especially how they play. They play the game correctly. They have a very low payroll. I wish that would be up a little bit more so they're not, you know, cheating the system as I think they are. But their lineup, their roster, their development on the major league level, their minor league system, all the things that go into Cleveland Guardians baseball is beautiful baseball. I wish the White Sox played more like them. Yeah, I mean, it's they play the, let's put it this way, they play the kind of game that I think people want to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they, the, the running all over the place. And I mean, mm-hmm. it really, I mean, it really, it, it really makes it a, a game that you have to pay attention to, which I think is exactly what everybody who is a baseball fan wants and people who are turning on baseball for the first time want to see. Right. I mean, and listen, they deserved, and they, they get rewarded for it most of the time, pretty much that, you know, that steal of third in the 11th inning there that sets up the, the 10th or uh, the 10th or whatever number of runs sack fly, uh, you know, was, was a, it was a gutsy play in a game that they basically already had won, but it's something that you want to see because they just saw their lead evaporate in the extra inning prior. Um, and then I think about the run that they didn't get, right? The, the, the out at home, uh, you know, running, running from second base Ooh. trying to score. And, man, that's not, that's not just a player being like, oh, I'm going to do a little extra. That is the third base coach waving him home on a ground ball to the shortstop, and they, they scored. They didn't yes. get the run, but they scored. That oh, was, he was safe. safe. That was safe at home. <laughs> he was safe. Um, it's, 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 it's a brand of baseball that deserves to show up in the postseason because whether you're paying for it or not, like you mentioned there, Herb, uh, the way that you play should be rewarded, uh, you know, if it, if it leads to, you know, runs and wins, which this Cleveland team shows that it does. And uh, they deserve to be there in October. Um, 
Elvis, the first Elvis Andrews steal of second, did you think he was safe or was he out? Because we didn't see a great replay on the big board. Um, they called him safe. They reviewed it and they, they upheld it. But it, it looked like he, you know, Rosario might have tagged him on the foot. He looked safe to me. It, okay. it, it looked like the tag got – it might have clipped him on the foot. But if it did, his hand was on the base already, I think. So I, I think the, the, the main first attempt at the tag was just a whiff. And uh, I, I think he was safe at second base, yeah. Um, I want to know what you think might happen with Tim Anderson as a return. We haven't heard a ton about TA. Uh, this is six weeks from when he was put on the IL. So, you know, a little bit behind schedule, but I guess it's probably tough to nail down an actual return date. Do you think Tim Anderson or do you think Tim Anderson returns this series? I'll just ask you that. This series? Yes. No. This homestand? Maybe. Okay. Do you think if the White Sox lose the next two to the Guardians, they just don't have him return? I think it might be a possibility. Okay. I, I don't. I that's just my gut. That's not me going on anything that, that anybody said today. We talked to TA today, uh, and he's you know voiced his desire to really want to be involved in these games, and obviously that makes sense. Um, but he added something on there, and he said, you know, but it's my career that we're dealing with here, and so I've got to I've got to you know do what's the smartest thing from a medical standpoint. And certainly, if the smartest thing from a medical standpoint is to come back in two days, then perfect. You know what I mean? Then then he'll be here. But um, uh, you know, there's a um, tricky situation with the end of the minor league season coming up. It doesn't really seem like he's going to be able to do a rehab assignment. And really, if he was able to do a rehab assignment, then would he had enough have enough time to come back, right? I mean, what's what is there other than, you know, pride and, you know, being a professional and stuff like that? What is there if you go down to Charlotte for four or five days and then you come back and there's three games left in the season? You know what I mean? Like, it... it it's just curious to me what what the benefit to him is of maybe coming back when he could just rest it. Again, this is all just me speculating and, and right. just talking about kind of a feeling that I have. Tim Anderson definitely wants to be on the field. Know that. And uh, he is working. We saw him working. We saw Miguel Cairo watching him run to first base uh, during batting practice today when it was just the two of them out there on the field. You know, Tim's doing drills, running to first base, and Miguel's just standing there watching him. So, um they are working him out, and he is working his way back. It just you you wonder does that and does the calendar end up having an effect? And and you know if 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 this was June, right, and he had been out for six weeks, and it's just like oh we'll we'll take another week, right? But now if you take another week, there's five games left, and it, it's like you know it it, it is interesting. Um, in the end, I do think he will come back this year. But if you're asking me, is there a possibility if he doesn't? Yeah, I think there is a possibility, um, you know, just because it's tricky. And I think they're going to see how that hand feels on a daily basis. And, you know, if, if it does if it does the kind of thing that we've seen from other injuries this year for the White Sox, right, whether it's the recent uh, wrist injury for uh, Luis Robert, or I even go all the way back to the early season uh, hit in the hand uh, that Andrew Vaughn had that knocked him out for a, a, a while longer than folks thought it was going to at, at first. Um, you know, if the like Luis said, Robert if virus. Was, well, yeah, but I mean, I'm specifically referring to hand injuries here right oh, now. Oh, okay. I got and you. I, I'm, I'm just kind of showing that those can kind of maybe not be ready to go right away. And, and, and there was a comment from Rick Hahn that was early, you know, a few weeks ago that was, yeah, Tim will come back, but if he does, maybe he won't be, able to play every day because of the rust that he might have. Okay, so if Tim Anderson comes back with 10 games left in the season and he's going to miss three of them, 
You know what I mean? And yeah. and now that the math is obviously, let's put it this way: if you're fighting for a playoff spot, you want Tim Anderson, and Tim Anderson's going to want to be there for you because he's a fantastic hitter and he can help you out. Uh, if you're not fighting for a playoff spot, does that change? I don't know. I'm thinking uh, as a fan, of course. Uh, so I'm in the forest, and so I can't step out and see exactly how big and colossal this failure might be from the White Sox not making the playoffs. How big would you say? Like, this is because we all had them. Like, we weren't thinking about not winning the AL Central. We thought that was fait accompli. Like, how big do you think of this White Sox 2020 season, 2022 season being a failure? And how big do you think the changes will be made as such to that? Because I don't know if you can just run this back next year and say, we just had this, that, and the other go wrong. We think that 2023 will be better because we have health, et cetera, et cetera. It's a good question. Uh, I mean, the, the easy part of that is it's a gigantic failure, right? I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, and I'll still say if because they're not mathematically eliminated yet, but they're basically about to be, uh, you know, uh, it's a gigantic failure if they don't make the playoffs. This team said at the beginning of the season – their expectation was to win the world series and they they probably they I, I would have to go back and check but i know that in the past rick Hahn has phrased it and the players have phrased it in a way that was anything short of winning a championship is a failure or does not meet those expectations uh this would be falling well well short of that it would be falling very disappointingly uh verging on embarrassingly short of of that goal um, you don't even get in the dance. You don't even have a chance to win. You don't, uh, you know, and, and what have we said all along, Herb? It's the world's worst roller coaster ride, right? It's just been flat around 500 all year long. There's a little bit of a rise here, uh, right here at the end. Tonight, but... literally tonight's game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, I, 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 the other part of that question though, is the one that is far more difficult to answer. And I think is has a very good possibility of being an answer that people don't want to hear um, because I think that they have put themselves in a position to have this team for a long extended period of time. And I think we're in the middle of that period of time. Mm. Um, the way the contracts are set up, they do not have a ton of opportunity uh, to make those wholesale changes that some people might want to see uh, the way that the roster is set up. Uh, with the guys that you maybe would turn over because of a production thing, like if you took their name off the off the stat sheet and said this is what this person did last year, you'd go, oh god, we got to get a new person in here. Well, you can't get a new person in here in some of these cases unless you trade really, really low uh, or sell really, really low on guys that you wanted to make a core part of this team. When you talk about the injuries, Herb, I, I think that is a reasonable excuse. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that the entire season, uh, you know, you can just say, oh, well, rats, we didn't, you know, everybody was hurt too bad. That doesn't it doesn't cover that up, obviously. But there are guys on this team who were hurt all year or had, were hurt sporadically throughout the year um, that are that are main parts of this roster that are people that they've invested in because they know that they are extraordinarily talented players. Um, you can point to Luis Robert, you can point to Yoan Moncada, you can point to Yasmani Grandal and say, well, that's not them. You know what I mean? They were hurt all year. That's not them. 
Uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer for you today. But if someone told me that, I'd be like, okay, well, that sounds reasonable, certainly. Um, so what are you going to do? You can trade all those guys. You can't do that. You can trade Aloy Jimenez. Well, he's your best hitter this year. Uh, you're going to trade uh, Jose, or you're going to you're going to tell Jose Abreu if he wants to come back that he's better go find a new employer. Well, he's not only one of the all-time faces of your franchise, but he might just end up leading the American League in hits. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it, there's not a lot of pieces on this roster that I see being able to move. Um, and, and, and I think Rick Hahn has some tough decisions ahead of him. And I think that he's going to have to do something like that in order to make the big change that a lot of people want to see. He's not going to do it for that reason, but certainly we've seen this year from Johnny Cueto, from Elvis Andrews, from Miguel Cairo, that it is certainly possible to spark an already existing group of players by bringing in some new blood. Right. Um, and so it's going to be difficult for him to do that this off season. Uh, but, I kind of think that, you know, I don't think it's going to be exactly, quote, running it back the way you said, but I think that this roster is going to remain mostly intact uh, as as they move forward into next season. And I think that there will be reasons to believe that it will perform an awful lot better in 2023, but I think the fan base is going to be hard to sell on that one. I think it will be impossible to sell on. I mean, we, we heard, I mean, it, today, and I know it's fans, but, I mean, like, they were laughing at the idea of uh, this team running it back and just being like, oh, well, we know what's going to happen at the offseason is we're going to hear the injury excuse and they're going to announce everyone's coming back. Um, you, you did say it, though, like impossibly tough decisions to, to make with uh, Aloy, Andrew Vaughn, Jose Abreu. I do just want to go to this. Uh, this is from your story after the Sox lost uh, back in October. From the start of spring training, it was World Series or bust. Welcome to bust. The Chicago Whites. Sox were eliminated from the postseason Tuesday afternoon. Their stay this fall was just one game longer than it was a year ago. The Houston Astros continued their streak of reaching the American League Championship Series while the White Sox looked the part of a team still trying to catch up with the big boys in a 10-1 blowout in a Game 4 uh, defeat of the in the NL in the AL Divisional Series. It was a sour ending to an otherwise successful season, though how the White Sox and their fans judge success will drive the conversation for the next several months. Quote, the goal is to win a World Series championship, White Sox general manager Rick Hahn said in February. Quote, so if we fall short of that, it will be a disappointment. So he didn't use failure, he used disappointment. So I don't know how you guys react to, to that word choice there. I mean, it's a disappointment, and I think he'll classify this as a failure, not making the playoffs, as Vinny said, not even in the tournament, but... Uh, I saw how some, pissed he was at the trade deadline. I have some good news, though, and you already know this, Vinny, I... Just heard today that the winter meetings are in San Diego this year. Lovely. Yes, yes, I did uh-huh. know that. Yeah, last time. I mean, it usually goes down well for the White Sox in San Diego. It's where they get deals done. Let's go. It's where they Find get them. no Marmazara, baby. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We get some good stuff out there. I'm happy about that. I hope you know for change sake, just. Not for change, just to make change sake, but if he finds a way to get one of the players and make this team a little bit more complete, it'll hurt to leave uh, Aloy Jimenez and to have him go to another team. But I think somebody, something has to change in this team for it to move forward in a productive way. And I feel sorry for Jose Abreu, just how his career's been, where, yeah, he's made two playoffs, but... I think the man wants a championship. He desires for a championship before he leaves this uh, MLB. And I don't know if he'll get one here with the White Sox. So for his own sake, I just want the White Sox is like, hey, man, 
We'd love to have you back, but also go and sign with another team, brother. Ask go, him, go with the Cardinals, man. Ask you him know, if he wants to win a World Series. You want a World Series? No. Um, no he's shaking his head yes. Pujols. Do you want to stay with the White Sox? No. You know, Pujols is leaving after this year, possibly. Go to the St. Louis Cardinals and go grab a championship. You'll still be a White Sox forever. The That's, number will still be retired. Yeah. I just, I, I just don't want the guy to have the whole career and not cash it in for a championship. Frank Thomas eventually got the championship at his last year as a White Sox. I just want, you know, one of the best players of all time to have some glory in his lifetime. So that's we'll all see. I got for you, Vinny. All right, Vinny, uh, I, you're going to have a story up at All CHGO, right? Is what you told me in the text. Um, I don't, I don't want to force point, it. At some point, at some point, it's what one o'clock in the morning. We'll, yeah, we'll have it at some God point. Twelve forty-five. So uh, we'll get, we'll get you, let you get Jesus. after it. Uh, make sure you check out All CHGO, whether uh, tonight or uh, in the morning. Vinny will have uh, some words for you on tonight's loss. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. Thank you, Vinny. All right, guys. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Um, you mentioned something about the Guardians, uh, and real quick, let's. Frank uh, Thomas still got a ring, Jay. Yes, he Jason, did. Um, Two thousand five. Frank Thomas is a World Series champion. He oh, played twenty thirty games that year. Also, Frank Thomas, I think uh, the two his two thousand five series uh, season would still awesome. lead the White Sox in home runs this year. He had like twelve home runs in like thirty five games. games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two thousand five, thirty four games, twelve home runs, three doubles. Um, he gets the World Series ring. Slugging percentage of 590. Yeah. Um, yeah, that guy was pretty damn good. Um, and that team only had three guys that they drafted and cultivated. There you go. Hey, look at that. Do you know the three guys? Uh, that they drafted and cultivated? On that ro- on that MLB roster. Uh, Marcus Burley. Marcus Burley is one. Um, how long is this going to take for me to think of this? I mean, they're, they're um, everyday players. The other two are everyday players. They're everyday? Yeah. Starters. Um... Nope. No. They got him from Colorado. Colorado. Third base was Creedy. So Joe Creedy. Joe Creedy's the other, second um, one. I don't think Aguchi counts because he was an international signing. He's not. Um, John, Garland got, John Garland Dodgers. was gotten by the Cubs. Um, Rowan. Aaron Rowan. There you go. That's a three. All right. Um, let's tell you about FOCO. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted with the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from the Soldier Field to the Fronter, north side or south side. East side or west side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leaders in sports, merch, and collectibles, FOCO. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze, friends. So check out FOCO.com, that's F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use promo code CHGO for 10% off. Again, check out FCO.com. Or click the link in the description below. And for all non or for all non presale items, use the promo code CHGO for ten percent off at foco.com. We do have some super chats that we didn't get to. Um, I do want to give a shout out to David. Thank you for the super chat. He's all said Sox haven't had swagger since the Field of Dreams game. The culture here is poor. I mean, I'd say they've had some swagger since since like the the, the later half of August. I, I think it's come back a little bit, but you're not wrong. Like definitely the latter half of the second season. They didn't play with a lot of swagger. Mm. Didn't play with a lot of swagger in the postseason. So I, I really can't fight with that. And shit, the beginning of the season was a, just a nightmare. I say, you know, it's false bravado then if you don't play it when you're losing because it should always show. You should always be as such. You see Josh Harrison is always that. He always is revving up the engines. He's always having a good time. He's always making fantastic catches like he made today. The best catch Harrison. I've seen of a White Sox player today. 
um, of, of this year. Can we explain that, that, that catch, too, just real quick? Just okay. because that was absolutely um, insane. He made two great plays mm-hmm. uh, today. Um, I think it was Rosario that ended up popping out uh, to end that inning. It was in the fifth inning. Rosario, uh, they say, describe it as a line-out to second, but it was a bloop over Harrison's head. And Didn't look a, like he had a chance to get it. No, and on a dead run, he lies out flat on his stomach and catches it basically with the end of the glove. It like, was an incredible effort. He both caught it like Superman in it and kind of over his shoulder, and it took everything. You see those diving catches where you're like, oh, did he need to dive there? This was, he needed every inch of his glove and that dive to get to the ball and stop the Guardians from doing Guardian things. Because I think they had a runner on first who was running. You know the Guardians, if that ball's falling, he's coming around to score as they sent a runner uh, as a guy on second on an infield single where Elvis Andres eventually got that guy out. No, he didn't because he was safe by a mile. (laughs) But the umpire called him out. But Josh Harrison, I just marvel at what he's done this year. We were wanting him to be off the team early in the year because he wasn't hitting. But the glove has played the whole year, and that was a fantastic, fantastic play that he made there. But, yeah, you got to keep the swagger every time. you got to feel you're the shit every single day, and it's got to start in April. It can't just be turned on. And I think the White Sox, as Jose Abreu admitted earlier, was like that confidence turned to cockiness. It turned into something else. Oh, we got plenty of time. You oh, guys beat we, us. We got this. We are, we have plenty of time to do things, man. What? Calm down, relax. We'll show up. We got we got some series to go. We don't care about a series in May. Another series in May won't matter that much. Like, see, this is what I'm talking about. It's a organization wide thing of relaxing. Playing games in May don't matter as games in September. They do. They matter much more. They matter the exact same much. If the White Sox had did their work versus the Cleveland Guardians, what is that, uh, May or June game where Josh Naylor got all those RBIs in the eighth and then the extra innings, they wouldn't be in the predicament they are right now. They don't lose that deflating game. Then maybe they play a little bit better. But that took the wind out of the sails. When the DVD is made, I thought the DVD would be a good DVD nope. of the White Sox championship. Awful. Burn the DVD. It will be that play. Those two home runs by Josh Naylor that killed the White Sox confidence, killed the White Sox swagger, just dead in the water right there because you just swung from good victory to, oh, shit, the Cleveland Guardians are here. Even though at that time, I still think they were in second or third place. It's like, man, they just did that to us on our home field. And ever since, they've just been playing solid baseball. Our guy said the kid Brown saying May 9th uh, for the Naylor game. What's up, Sydney? May 9th, yeah. That's early in the year. And they you can see the intensity and all the White Sox fans getting mad at Josh Naylor for being hyped. For being good. About hitting a clutch home run to tie the game. And then another home run. To win, to put them in the lead. Cry about it. We should have, we should be lucky to have a guy like that that's hyped about hitting a bunch of fucking home runs late in the game to give his team the victory. And then today, hitting a RBI single to give his team the lead. Man, I wish they, I had a Josh Naylor. I wish we had that type of guy on our team. They tried to pull him from the, with a pinch runner, and that man would not go into the dugout. No, he, was he, was he could hyped. not pull him from that damn game. Um, Herb, what more of those guys? What number am I holding up? 
You were holding up five. That is how many times uh, Booker T has been a world champion. Mm. Um, and that is also how many losses the White Sox have to the Guardians in our other 42 column. Mm. Um, so the White Sox now 20 and 19 in the other 42. Hawkeroo used to say you win uh, 60, you lose 60, and it's the other 42 that counts. So the White Sox basically a 500 team in the other 42. They lost on April 20th, 2-1 to one to Cleveland. They lost on May 9th. 12 to 9 and 11 innings to Cleveland. They lost on July 23rd, 7 to 4 to Cleveland, and they beat Cleveland uh, 5 to 4 uh, on the 23rd. So I guess they they went 1 and uh, 3 against Cleveland in the other 42, now 1 and 4. So basically, they had four other opportunities to not get themselves in this opportunity. Like they had, they had four other losses that were close losses to Cleveland that if they just handled their business early on, um, they wouldn't be in this predicament where they needed to sweep the Guardians. And if they just won two out of three against the Guardians, they'd be fine. But yeah. like you said, like me doing my homework eight minutes in third period uh, or eight minutes before my fourth period class in third period, like, you know, just scrambling and writing down whatever I can. Like, it just it's not smart, nope. you know, to keep it simple, stupid. Uh, and the White Sox just couldn't. I mean, you just I mean, Jimmy Lambert couldn't throw strikes today. As I made the example earlier, you in high school, everybody, were assigned homework on the weekends. You could have did it on Friday. Hey, yeah, you guys had the football game or the basketball game was going on. I won't go hang out with my people. I got plenty of time to do that homework. Saturday, fuck. No, I ain't doing no homework. <laughs> I'm going out and talking to my people. I'm going to the mall. Kids, there's a bunch of stores in indoors. It was called a mall. We used to go there and do shit. Not buy a goddamn thing. Just look at girls and never talk to them. So we would spend hours doing that. So Saturday is a mall day, and then you would just go and see a movie after that. And then Sunday, you know, you got to go to church. Then you got to go to, uh, uh, I don't know, you got to do something else. You're not, oh, you got to watch football. Some, watch football. I got to kick some ass, you know. Oh, shit. Tomorrow's Monday. Goddamn, Sunday scaries are coming. I got to do some homework. So 10 o'clock comes around. You're doing homework. It's like, oh, I'm actually tired. I got to wake up at 8, 7 o'clock. Son of a bitch. So you wake up early, and you're. this is the White Sox now. Oh, I can get the homework done before first period. But if I would have did that shit on Friday, I've been relaxing. I've been chilling out. I would have had my Saturday. I would have had my Sunday to chill out. And Monday, I would have been relaxing, thinking about the rest of the week, which is the playoffs. Now, the White Sox are scrambling, scrambling. Bell for fourth period's ringing. Sean don't got that homework done. I, That's what the White Sox are right now. You're describing Sunday scaries. I never had that stuff, like, man. I mean, I had I had the third period scaries. I had the fourth period scaries. I I was not. I, was I just not didn't do the, I didn't just do the homework. There, I, and I just took the punishment. I was smart enough. I knew like smart enough to know that homework really didn't fucking matter. No. But still, well, but still, it mattered because you know the grade. But I know that as long as I got a C, which that's what I was. I was one of those students that teachers would send report cards home. It's like he's got Herb got a C. He's got all the potential in the world, but this motherfucker doesn't do his homework. It would really put that this motherfucker doesn't do his homework. He can be better. That's what the White Sox are. They're that's who we're writing under achieving. And that's why I'm a White Sox fan. This is the punishment for me not doing my homework. Like you get this bullshit team. Enjoy. You have a team that is in front of you that looks great, and now I got to look forward to Illinois basketball, who looks oh, great gosh. this year, and they're not going to do their homework, and I'm going to watch them not make the fucking tournament or go out in the second round like they've done in the last two years. 
chose poorly. Chose the, really poorly in 1990. There was something you said, yeah, I, I did love when you were on the full goal with Jason, uh, Jason Goff, uh, and said that you wanted to go back in, in time and kick <laughs> little Herb's ass. I would. <laughs> I wouldn't. You know how people like, I would go and kill baby Hitler, or I would go Jesus. and win a bunch of money, which is, it's a paradox if you kill baby Hitler, you just commit emphasize. No one knows that you're kill- that guy, kid would turn to Hitler. See, neither hit her there. Um, right, and also, like, I mean, so many people allowed that to happen. Like, if you kill Hitler, is that really going to stop all that? I don't no. know. I mean, like, just seemed like there was a lot of evil people in that, no. that country at that time. You would just go back in time, kill a baby, and be like, what the fuck you kill that baby more, for? And then like, and they would kill you. Like, what they, this fucking person from the future killed this ca- child for no goddamn reason. What an idiot. <laughs> um, but, like, I would go back and beat my own 12-year-old self because then, you know. I wouldn't be an Illinois fan, but also then they would arrest this 43-year-old guy who came back from the future to beat a 12-year-old. What's weirder, the time-traveling part or the, the beating of a 12-year-old's ass? Um, not sure. Uh, uh, and Yeah, me only using it for that purpose. <laughs> right. It's a weird. And then as I just explained about uh, space-time continuum, it would change that 43-year-old's trajectory that maybe that 43-year-old would now be some douche that likes the Saints... Well, and, and, the, and the Mets. And maybe that 12-year-old is too afraid to go outside and doesn't Ever. become a podcast host. No. And he's like, oh, God. I can't watch I, sports I, anymore. I can't stand like 43-year-old men beating my ass for no reason. You became a... <laughs> he just keeps on yelling, stop loving the sucks. <laughs> you became idiot. like a, a theater critic. That's that's what you did instead yeah. of becoming a sports critic. Um I want to I talk to you real quick about a, a comment you made about the Guardians. Yeah. Did you say they're like cheating the system? Yeah. How do you how do you how do you feel about that? I feel terrible because they get money. It's right. a collective bargaining. They get money for being so middle class and small market. They can spend that money. They have availability to spend all the money they can. Now they'll say this market this this uh works. Look, AL Central champions. We only spent X Y Z amount of money. Now we're gonna do this all the time. This is gonna give like hope to the pirates of the world, the lower teams that are in the middle markets, the Cincinnati's of the world will be like them because the pirates are just like that. Pirates have people coming up. O'Neill Cruz. Uh, they signed a big time deal with key Brian Hayes. They have young people coming up and they could say, Hey, why should we spend all that money where Tampa has showed us the blueprint? Now the Cleveland guardians have shown us the blueprint. You don't have to spend a bunch of money. You just have to develop talent, right? And you get results like they do. Why would we spend the seventh most amount of money in major leagues so fucking we could be like the White Sox at the crib, you know, type of stuff. I don't blame them too much, but stop sharing in the money that the Yankees spend. Stop sharing in the money that the Dodgers spend, the Cubs, the well, not the Cubs anymore, the uh, like the White Sox, the the Padres. You don't share in that money anymore. I understand that you want to have some competitive balance, but you're not taking that money that you're getting and then reinvesting it in the team. You're just pocketing that shit for yourself, and you're not paying paying that onto the team. Because I guarantee you, when Jimenez becomes a free agent, not what Ramirez did where he took a, a hometown discount. Oh, yeah. If Jimenez comes a free agent, when Rosario comes a free agent, and Classe, all these guys, Bieber. Classe was extended. Like, all these guys, they're going to not pay them. And they're going to put that shit in their pocket and say, oh, we got Stefan coming up. We got 
this guy coming up. We got that guy coming up. There's no reason to pay those guys. And they're going to pocket all that good uh, collective bargaining money that they've gotten or competitive balance money that they've gotten from the real teams who are trying every year to win a championship. And I think they do such a good job of, de- de- you know, developing those guys. I mean, they when they made that Lindor trade, they went out and got Rosario and they got Jimenez. They got the two guys at second and shortstop to hold down their team. And they've turned Rosario into an actual hitter and they've turned Jimenez into an actual hitter. And they've worked on reworking their swings and retooling their swings, working on their leg uh, kicks, working on all their stuff and, and turning them into true hitters. Like they've done a great job of doing that. But like. I just think that what Dolan does is such a travesty because if you're talking about the White Sox and wanting Jerry Reinsdorf to spend more on his team, look at look at the Dolans. $4.6 million in net worth. I think I counted six owners have a larger net worth than him. $4.6 billion? $4.6 billion. He has more than the, the Ricketts. Just pocketing money. The, the, when, the, when George Jacobs, or I think it was the, when the Jacobs left the, the ownership for the Guardians back in 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, they had the highest player salaries uh, at the time. Yep. And under Dolan, it's been the lowest. And I mean, been... it's just, I, I, I think it's scummy. Yeah. I, I think what the Guardians do is scummy. Because if they actually put in money to this team, this team would be a World Series champion. And I think they have the longest current drought in Major League Baseball. For winning a uh, winning a title, so yeah, I, I think was the fifties. I don't believe forties. I think it was forty six. Opa, I think I think those were the two uh, longest droughts were the Guardians and the Cubs. So what the Dolans have done to Cleveland and that baseball team, especially seeing Jose Ramirez, the ability to pull guys from the heap like Jimenez and Rosario, I, I just think it's scummy. Yeah, I think that they can be much better. That town deserves a little bit better than what they've been given, especially ugh, the the whole Browns thing, ugh. I, there's nothing I love more than when the Browns lose, especially when how the lo- how they lost this weekend. And then ESPN's like, man, if Nick Chubb runs out of bounds there, right? It's like, how about not giving 14. up thirteen point? You have a thirteen point lead to the goddamn Jets at the crib. Close it down, bro. Nick Chubb. What? Like if you watch the play, there's like. A yard for Nick Chubb to go down and do what ESPN wants them to do. Like, there's a guy about to tackle him out of bounds, so that would have they would have pissed about that. And then all he has to do is cut back in and then find the one yard to lay down and give him the satisfaction that they want. But yeah, the whole city of Cleveland, even though it's a hellhole, I don't like it. It's horrible. But the people of Cleveland deserve better because they're loyal. There's no way they can't move out of that shitty season, city, or they would. <laughs> right. 73 years, uh, longest active World Series drought started in 1949. Um, and uh, Texas Rangers have the second longest, uh, 61 years, because they've been around for 61 years and have never won a World Series. Same for the Padres at 53 years. Uh, and Brewers at 53 years, too. I don't think uh, the Padres one, ever won one at, at all. No, Padres, Brewers, Rangers, Mariners. Rays. Rays. Um, Rockies. Yep. That's it. We've got a couple of super chats. Schwo coming in with a 199 super chat saying, real nice of the Sox to honor Vinny with mustache night. I absolutely <laughs> agree. Um, I did like the two people that they showed on the Jumbotron who put it on their eyebrows. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, it looked real great having those real bold eyebrows. And then this one's great. Uh, a 199 super chat from the best name we've seen on all of these YouTube chats. And we did see a Cleveland fan in here who had literally the last name Cleveland. His name was Alex Cleveland. Um, so I thought that was funny. It was a Guardians fan. Fan of the Cleveland Guardians. Mm-hmm. But here comes a $1.99 Super Chat from Danny Dumbshit. 
Thank you, Danny Dumb Shit. Thank you, Danny Dumb Shit. We're going to end uh, the CHGO White Sox postgame show on Danny Dumb Shit because we're all Danny Dumb Shits for believing in the White Sox. Yep. <sighs> Should go back and beat our 12-year-old selves. Yep. If you, if technologies for uh, time travel does come, don't try to cheat it with, like, lottery numbers and shit. Just beat up your own self. Just beat yourself up for being a Sox fan. Uh, Sox, five games back of the Guardians are 76 and 72. Uh, they have a 6.2% chance to make it in the playoffs, whether it be through the division or wild card. Sonya's lying to herself. Stop it, Sonia. Sonia said uh, Cleveland is a great city. Where? Chicago is one of the worst cities to live in, and all of uh, our sports team are pretty damn good. Okay, Stop. like we just said, uh, 73 years since you have won a uh, World Series. Um, you only won a NBA title because of LeBron James, and Michael Jordan won a hell of a lot more. And, than, and you booed uh, LeBron James, too, than, for leaving. Than, than, uh, than LeBron James did, and uh, you don't have a ho- hockey team. Right? Yeah, your team sucks. Uh, then what was the Browns? They're a football team still? Yeah. What was the, they left. Have to, they had a winning season in my life? They left to go to Baltimore and have instantly you, won a championship. And Sonia, have you ever watched the the tourism city, uh, the tourism video for your, your city? What what really welcomes people in? Like, it, you, you have a garbage city. No one, no one likes that city. Yeah. Who would, no one ever says they're going on vac- you know, vacation to Cleveland. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Stop lying to yourself, Sonia. Ridiculous. You can root for your guardians all you want, but stop it. Stop it. All right. Um, you, you've been to Chicago. You understand. It's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox postgame show. We appreciate Vinny Duber joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Joshua asking, where is Cleveland? I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Russ has said Cleveland's the Detroit of Indianapolis. Is. <laughs> Mike said Cleveland's the Chicago's lousy cousin. <laughs> oh, God. I said Indiana is the armpit of America. So I would say Cleveland is the back pimple of America. Raul, the Ravens were not an expansion team. The Ravens were the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Eventually, they took just being an expansion team, but that is the Cleveland goddamn Browns. They went with the Baltimore. That's why they hate Art Modell. Raul, before you say something, know it. And the current the current team is a is a brand new just franchise. They gave them the old history, but like that's not the actual team because that actual team, uh, you know, kicked Paul Brown out, and Paul Brown had to start a whole new city uh, NFL team in the same state with the same colors, uh, just out of spite. Um, yeah. That's a completely different team. Yes, because of Watson too, Sonya. You have a sexual predator as your starting quarterback. No, like I said, you said that they ha- Cleveland's a better sports town, and I said that they're not. The last time you won a World Series was 1949. Yeah, just enjoy. As the the meme goes, you should have just sat there and enjoyed your dinner. This you should enjoyed your goddamn Cleveland Guardians. Then you come here and talk about the Cleveland's. The city is good. It's and then Chicago sucks. Get it. Man, I'll murder you. The second I'm kidding. I said that before and I got in trouble. All right. Sorry, I will not murder you, Sonya. I will not murder you. <laughs> not literally, not figuratively. Cleveland's terrible though. Thank you, Steven Nicholas, for producing terrible. the podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Terrible, Sonya. 30 for the pregame show of tomorrow's game. Yes, there is a game terrible. tomorrow. Uh, we'll today. talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox. Later on today. Cleveland.